This is Foolish Adventure, episode 38, How to Make Money with Podcasting. Welcome to another episode of Foolish Adventure. I'm Izzy Hyman, and I'm here with my friend and colleague and partner, Tim Conley. Yo, what's up, Izzy? Hey, let's hear it for Tim. Yay! All right, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today we are going to cover different ways to make money with podcasting. Tim goes, not too long ago, Tim goes, I can't believe we haven't covered this yet because this is something that we've, uh, that I've clearly done as part of my endeavors. Is this something that you've done in all the zillions of different projects that you've worked on, Tim? Have you actually been part of helping somebody monetize their podcast? Is that something you've done or no? No. No. Wow. So this is cool. Yeah. Well, Tim, let me tell you about how this works. (laughs) How this is done. (laughs) Let me tell you how this is done. (laughs) You know, it's so funny. I can't believe we actually touched on something. We've hit something that you haven't done. It's amazing. (laughs) That never happens. This might be, okay, this is recorded. This is going on record. Yeah, that uh, that I have not helped anyone other than in the other, last year. In the last year you. with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, okay. You've done it. But you had already monetized <laughs> oh, your yeah. podcast. Oh, yes, so. quite successfully. I've And also, I haven't paid you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So I appreciate all the free advice. I'm all still right. waiting for that check. <laughs> You'll be waiting a while, my friend. So, um, okay. So the first way, oh, so, okay, let's back up a little bit. For somebody who's not super familiar with podcasts, podcasting is just a way of distributing some sort of audio or video through an RSS feed. In other words, it's subscribable. And a lot of podcasts are taken in through iTunes where there's that free iTunes directory. Now, one of the mistakes that a lot of people make is they think that iTunes actually hosts your show. It's it's not like that. It's just a directory. It links to your show and it links to your RSS feed. It just puts it all in one place, which is really nice because a lot of people are in iTunes. You know, they have iTunes on their computer. Yeah, though, though there are people out there who are like anti iTunes. And Mm -hmm. so it's a good idea to make sure you're you have an RSS feed that goes out that's separate from your blog so that that RSS feed can be put into like an Android platform or some other type of hosting if somebody's like like the three people who have a Zune, you know? Yeah, 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 <laughs> so, yeah. So they can, lis- they can listen to your show. On we're going to hear from the Zune. Yeah. Owners, so. <laughs> all three of them. <laughs> no, I think we flatter ourselves to think that all three of the Zune owners are listening right. to our audience but, or listening to our show. But so that's not the way... Anyway, the... Uh, if you do have an RSS feed that's a podcast, put it in every directory. That's one of the first things that I do with a new RSS feed when we create a new show is we put it in every directory that we can because you want it to be distributed, you know, a lot of different ways. But today, what, what, you're about to say something. Oh, just that uh, we want to make sure that in everything we do, we want to be where the customers are. Yeah, so that's everywhere. Right. Yeah, that's potentially everywhere. And, you know, actually, I just I heard this is something I haven't personally used before, but I heard that one of the phones has a service or maybe an app. I think it's a service where you call and you listen over the phone. You like you listen to somebody's podcast over the phone. Man, that would eat up some minutes listening that to our would, show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to our show. Nobody's doing that with our show. Right. <laughs> Nobody's doing that here. But OK, so one of the first ways that you can make money with a podcast is through sponsoring and advertising. This is what a lot of people kind of have in mind when they're creating a show is that I'm going to get advertisers. I'll build up an audience and then I'll take my audience and uh, go to visit advertisers. Now, this is like for me with my audience with video, I could very easily contact people from Canon or Sony or Panasonic or Zacuto or any of the zillions of different companies that also 
attend the trade show called NAB, the National Association of Broadcasters, every year, where it fills up buildings with all kinds of different gear because something like video is very gear intensive, right? And then there's other hobbies that are very gear intensive. It just happens that scrapbooking is that way. It's a different kind of gear. All the gear is pink or some (laughs) sort of a pastel color, you know, and it's made out of plastic (gasps) instead of carbon fiber or something like that. But, but it's, uh, but it's still very gear intensive. And so there's a lot of companies in the scrapbooking world that are interested in selling their products and anybody that needs to sell something needs to advertise. So advertising is a legitimate type of a model yes i though i'm i, I want to go a little a little more into into that like you were saying the manufacturers but I, I would also look into places that are an online retailer oh sure because uh, they're going to definitely want to advertise because if they can get direct sales from your show then then they're going to love that even more than say uh, Sony, who is like, okay, we're going to be splitting our ad dollars out and we're just essentially building brand recognition for this particular camera, but they're not going to get any direct sales from it. So, you know, they're going to look at different metrics. So they're going to, they're going to want, you know, how many views did it get and, and, and stuff that's like that. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's true. Right. So that'd be like the difference between going to Sony directly and going to BH photo. Right. Yeah. So, so you'd want like one's going to want something different from your site than the other one will. uh, And that's, that's, that's a distinction you need to make when you're going to decide like, what kind of content am I going to create? And which, which when you're doing, when you're doing advertising, so you look at like television and radio, what they're doing is they're giving away, they're giving away content so that they can sell advertising. So they don't care what the content is, as long as the content is popular. And that is kind of a pitfall you can you know, f- uh, fall into when you're going out and getting advertisers is that you need to make sure your content is something the advertisers want to put their ad on. And that starts to limit the things you can say. And, and a lot of people like, oh, you know, I, I try to be as objective as possible, but well, even your audience isn't going to believe that uh, when you tell, tell me that that Sony camera is the best camera and the ad on the show is from Sony, sure, they're not going to really believe that, uh, that uh, your review. So, so you, you start having to adjust the type of content that you can deliver when you start using advertisers. Yeah. Yeah. With Noelle's audience, with the scrapbooking audience being, Noelle decided to position herself. This is actually a decision that we both talked about and and sort of made the decision together, Noelle and myself. And what she decided to do is not accept free product from anybody because everybody was offering to send her free product in the hopes that she would talk about their product and help promote it and all this. And this is something that a lot of people do is accept free product. So we took the exact opposite approach and said, and so all like last weekend when we were at CHA, there were a lot of people that were saying, hey, can I give you some free product? And she was turning it down left and right because she wants to position herself as unbiased. You know, it's really hard to be like 100% unbiased, though. I mean, realistically, because you start building relationships and friendships with people, you know, somebody that, hey, I'm starting this new company and you and I have been friends for a long time, you know, so you... So you, there's like some relationship bonds, but she's doing her absolute best. You know, she's trying and, and I think she's pulling it off, which is being unbiased. So well, anyway. I, I should I should clarify. I'm not actually being negative towards towards using a sponsorship and, and saying like you're going to most likely end up altering your content. I don't find anything wrong with it. 
as long as you're open about the relationship. Right. You know, if, if somebody gives you something for free, you tell the people, yeah, I, th- I, this was sent to me. I, I'm checking it out. And yeah, they're going to want me to say something positive about it, but I'm not going to unless there's something positive to say. For sure. Yeah. And and or you can have the policy of, yeah, I get stuff sent to me, but the only things I'm going to ever share with you are the things I actually like. Right. Yeah. And and there are people who review products and they say that uh, yep. right right up front. I will only share the ones that I actually like and will use personally yep. or or some or something like that. You know, they're like, I really liked it. I enjoyed this aspect of it. And maybe a couple of negatives because uh, everything, every product has them. Yeah. And, and so I, I would say, don't be afraid of it. Don't say, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do these things because it, it yeah. may look like I'm biased. Yeah. Well, I'll just share the bias right up front. It, and, uh, you know, this is actually really funny because we're nowhere near where we started, which is advertise. I mean, we got off on another tangent. This is something that we do periodically. Well, but I think this is important to the idea of the business model of sponsorship. For sure, so, because it we're affects talk- the dynamics. Right, because we're talking about, okay, you, if you're going to make a, a show... Uh, so I, I would like to step away from like podcasts and just call it a show, okay. whether it's audio or video. Right. So uh, you're going to create a show of some sort and you're you want to use a- uh, advertising as the way to pay for it. Well, here's the here's some of the uh, pros and cons of choosing that, because that I think that's pretty useful information for someone about to choose a business model. Yeah. Yeah, so some of the there's advantages obviously that it's it's a way that your customer can get your content for free, your audience can get the content for free and it's somebody else that's paying for it. So that's the advertiser or the sponsor that's paying for it, right? right. So that's an advantage. Uh, there are a lot of disadvantages to doing it this way too. I mean, you have to renew you have to first of all find you have to put on your salesperson cap and go out and find advertisers if they don't come to you and a lot of times you have to go find them. And then you have to maintain the relationships with the advertisers. And then you have to renew them when they're about to expire. And if the economy takes a turn, in fact, uh, I have friends that have uh, advertising-based shows and websites and blogs and all this stuff. And they've told me that over the last few years, when the economy, you know, took a turn for the South, then uh, their revenue took a dramatic turn, too. So Yeah, that that is something that definitely happens. Because even if you're... Uh, say if you're selling your own product, you may find a slight downturn in your sales if the economy also goes down, especially if you're providing a a very valuable product or service. Because even during um, some uh, statistics from this last recession, where uh, lots of spending were going down in, in a lot of categories, other categories, the spending went up. And in some of those cases, they were luxury items where people were spending more on certain luxury items, uh, even like things like going to Starbucks in the early part of the, of the recession, Starbucks sales were still doing really well. But then as the recession carried on, then it finally, you know, that, that one finally got hit, but other types of luxuries. Well, let's look at Apple. Apple has grown dramatically during during this recession. Mm -hmm. And their products are not cheap. No. Not cheap at all. But they have sold a ton of products. That's because of work like of people like me who <laughs> do my best to go out and convert people to <laughs> Apple. So <laughs> anyway. All right. So um, another, well, let's see. Downsides to the advertising. 
that's really well, it. I mean, yeah, having to sell it, having to sell it, how, having, having to, to retain it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you keeping keeping your uh, uh, sponsors, mm-hmm. and then being at the mercy of the uh, of the uh, sponsors' economy. Not uh, that's what the point I was trying to get was that. Uh, it's it, not necessarily your economy may not have changed, but the advertiser's economy may have yeah. where they start making cuts and they they will probably cut yours first. So that's uh, that's the advertising model. Let's, right. Now, let's go to the another one, which I really I actually really like this next model. And it's something that not a lot of people consider. And that is that you basically you quote have your show be quote sponsored. Right. It's not really. It's not really the traditional sponsor where they pay money up front, but through affiliates. And this is what we've done with the paper clipping roundtable and the paper clipping digi show. And that is that that you know when we started these shows, we did not just charge people flat out dollars. We tried to, and it didn't work because the audiences were still pretty small, and we didn't really have a track record, and people didn't really know what the results are going to be. So they didn't. We only had a couple conversations, but they didn't want to take the risk. So we said, you know what, we want you to sponsor it. So let's use your affiliate program. And we will just send people to an affiliate link on our blog post where the show is posted and people will click on it and they'll purchase your thing. And then you'll pay us a, a commission, you know, a percentage of the of the the sale. And that turned out to be very successful. So here's a show that we've been doing, making no money at all to where now or these two shows now they're now they make money. I mean, it's not a ton of money. It's not something we would do full time, but it's it's uh, it's money. It pays for it, which is good, because one of the things that I I've done is I've ordered headsets. When somebody's going to be new on the show, I order headsets and that's like 50 bucks. Every time I mail somebody a headset and you do that four times a month, that's a couple hundred dollars plus two different shows. So it's like, you know, what is that? $400 a month that you're spending on headsets alone. So you want to make sure those things are covered, you know, but we wanted to have one of the ways that we want to distinguish ourselves is by having is be high quality because other podcasts in that niche weren't high quality. Right. And so I didn't mind sending it. And I didn't, I didn't come up with the idea. I, I got that idea of sending headsets to people from Leo Laporte, one of my podcasting mentors. Very cool. So anyway, so, so sponsoring. So, uh, let's call this, this type of uh, income, this type of revenue model, the, this show is sponsored by my affiliate link. There you go. <laughs> exactly. This show is sponsored by my affiliate link, which you'll find right beneath <laughs> right. where this show is posted. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly right. And so what we do is we, we let that company know we say, hey, we're, we want you to, to be our sponsor. We're going to let you sponsor it through an affiliate link. And we'd like you to offer something extra valuable to our audience. And so usually it's a coupon code, you know, 10% off, 15% off, something like that. And, and so they give us a coupon code where we say in the show, go to this Go to this post and you'll find a link to our affiliate link. And, you know, we say it's an affiliate link. Please click on that if you decide you want to purchase something, da 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 And then we make money from that. And then also uh, you'll find a coupon code there that'll save you, whatever, 10% off, the, off your order. And so this has been very successful for us. Yeah, I, I love this model. Oh, well, thank you. I, 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 really, I, I, I invented it. Yes. <laughs> no, i just kidding. I didn't invent it. <laughs> just in case somebody thought I really did. I didn't. <laughs> I think they figured that out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. So what, what I really like about this is that, uh, one, affiliate sales are a great way for anyone to get started in business online. Uh, I, I really think people should have this as a foundational element of any part of their online business, whether even if they're not a podcaster. So when you're producing your show, you can do a couple of different things. You could do this one where, uh, like you were saying, it's 
a sponsorship, you know, this, uh, this show is sponsored by my affiliate link or the show could be a review. Right. And, and you do a whole review of this particular, uh, product mm-hmm. and then you have the affiliate link. Uh, there's, and the fact that you're using a discount code is, you know, some sort of additional thing to get people to take action, to go through your affiliate, as opposed to just going on over to the actual, you know, seller. Because well, it's going to cost the same, and some people just won't won't buy through affiliate links. I, I don't know what that kind of mentality is. Like, I'll go spend the exact same amount of money, yeah. but I'm not going to let you have any of it, even though you just gave me value. Right. And so there are people who do that, but if you give somebody something extra, a, a reason why to use your affiliate link, and this is something that's pretty common in in teaching how to do affiliate marketing, is if you want to stand out, one, you can niche further, but, but the cool part is, is you come up with some sort of bonus. I would say, instead of using a discount, you know, come up with something extra. Yeah. That, that if actually you order through this affiliate link, like, then I will also give you this. Right. Some sort of like bonus. Right. That, uh, and it could be something that you have to pay extra for somewhere else, or it could be something that is only available. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, uh, for those who purchase this. So that, that, those are the two types of bonuses I would, I would say to use. Either it's something I'm already charging, you know, 40 bucks for or whatever, or it's something that you cannot get it in any other way other than to buy through this link. And so that, that way it gives that additional incentive for people to actually sponsor your show. One thing that I want to add also, Tim, is that in the show, in the shows for the scrapbooking, for, for uh, the roundtable and also the Digi Show, which are scrapbooking shows, there's parts where we talk about picks of the week, you know, where everybody picks a product that they like and all this stuff. Sort of like what we used to do with our picks of the week, except this is more product centric. Well, a lot of times those products are available on either scrapbook.com or amazon.com or some, some website that does have an affiliate program. So when we link to those products, in our post, we, we try wherever possible, we try to make them affiliate links. And we have that disclosed in there. It says affiliate links wherever possible. And, but you know, a lot of times picks of the weeks are like a website where there's no affiliate right. link or a book or something. Well, a book, yes. Amazon.com. So anyway, we try to, as much as possible, use affiliate links. And that's a further, that's an additional way to support the show. Yeah. Even if you're, as say someone buys a book, you might only get 40 cents off of it, mm-hmm. but you know, you get enough 40 cent sales. Yep. You know, you're you're going to be uh, that that adds up. Yeah, we make money from that every month. It's not as much as we make from the affiliate sponsorships that we have in place. You know, with with these companies that where we formally set up affiliate agreements, sort of with them and all that. Um, but anyway, that's a that's a very good option. So uh, I want to say another Go thing ahead. on this, uh, where something you said a little earlier, and I just want to make make it really stand out is you do not tell people to go to something hard, uh, some URL that is hard, right? right. Yes. You say, go, uh, uh, a good way of saying this would be like, go to foolishadventure.com forward slash affiliate product, you know, what, whatever the name of it is. Hot list. You know, hot list or, you know, something like that. And so then they go there to get that special offer, either the discount or that, that additional product that they can't get anywhere else. Awesome. So to make sure we do that. Very cool. Nice. Okay. So that's a good tip. Thank you, Tim. 
The next way that we want to talk about as far as making money from your show is actually indirectly sort of making money from your show, and that is through consulting. And this is something that I had the opportunity to do when I first got started with podcasting. You know, I got started early in podcasting, and I was one of the early ones, and other companies were interested in getting into it. And so I started getting contacted where people are saying, hey, can I pay you for your time? You know, sometimes they pay me for phone calls where I charge them by the hour and give them advice on setting up their podcast, you know, what gear to get and how to set it up and da, 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 da. Or you could, I even had a company say, we want to fly you into our office here in California and spend a few days with you and da, 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 we'll pay you what's your day rate. I ended up not doing any of those types of things because I didn't want to take the time to do it. But, um, but it's, it's a way to make, and I know of people who make their livings doing basically consulting from podcasting, you know, consulting on podcasting. So it's sort of like a side product that's developed as you create your own podcast is now you know how to do a podcast and other people are interested and they'd rather just learn from you. Right. I would, I would say that this is really an old school technique. Uh, it, uh, a lot of consultants from as far back, I, I guess, is they would write a book. And like if you wanted to become known in something, you would write a book and then it would get published and people would buy that book and then want to hire you. Uh, this, I, this has a better distribution, I think, than even self-publishing a book. Because you, uh, you know, self-publishing an e-book, ah, not so much. But a show where each week or a couple of times a month you're able to show your expertise in whatever it is. And, and once you build up a body of that uh, you know, it's not going to be like instantaneous. I did two shows. Why aren't I getting any consulting? Well, six months later, you might be getting some very good consulting projects by essentially spending six months showing the world how smart you are in whatever it is. And it's a really old school technique of just showing a way, uh, providing some form of education to someone just to show them how smart you are. So, yeah, it's an old school way of doing it. It's an old school, like the big picture is old right. school, but definitely doing it as a podcast where you have your own online audio show or online video show. That is not old school. That's like new. Yeah. New uh, well, yeah. And let's uh, and so let's take it to a similar medium where people pay for the actual person pays to have their own show on radio or uh-huh. television. We have somebody here in the in the Arizona we have somebody here in Arizona, I believe, that pays on the weekends to have a time slot to be able to have their own radio show about real estate. And it's all about real estate investing and stuff like that, right? Well, that is them paying basically for advertising to get their name out there. Right. And and in some of those deals, they in turn uh, get to sell sponsorships to their particular show uh, that they have to then share revenue with you know the, uh, the station. But... It, it, that's, it's the same thing. We're, we're taking something that's been done for a very long time in television and radio, but coming into a platform where there's no gatekeepers. Yeah. Where, where you can reach out to your audience anywhere in the world. And it doesn't just have to be consulting on podcasting. I, I, I realize I made it say like, uh, I made it sound like that, but it doesn't really have to do that. It could be consulting on anything. If you have a show that's all about real estate, you could be doing consulting on real estate. If you have a show that's all about, I don't know, optimizing your business in some way, then, then you could do consulting with that too. I would say not just consulting, but also speaking. 
speaking services. So, right. So where you're uh, uh, consulting, being a, being a business service, but even, yeah, it can extend into different types of services as long as you're essentially showing your expertise. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, that's, I think that's- Further builds the, your authority. Right. Uh, as this as this consultant slash speaker or, you know, what model you're intending to make money from. The next way of making money from having your own online show- parenthetically podcast podcast yeah <laughs> so is to uh, just f- flat out charge for the content and this is what i've done i i uh, i like this model it's one of my favorite ways and i i love how it's such an indicator of how valuable your content is is by how many people are willing to pay for it and and how many people are willing to renew for it and that kind of stuff who continuously pay for it i love that it's like direct it's like, here, I created this, and now if you want it, you just pay this amount for it, and you can have it. I just love that. It's so direct. There's no third party. It's just me and them, you know? So I, I want to uh, throw in some, like, terminology on this because we, we talk a lot on uh, the show about membership sites. And, well, that's technically what you're doing is putting it behind a paywall, which is kind of a membership site. Yep. But the other in, – in, in the podcasting world – it would be called a pre, you know, a premium podcast, yep. a, you know, a premium version. So, so we may slip back and forth between saying premium or membership, but essentially we're saying uh, this content is protected and it has to be paid for to get access to. Yes, exactly. And that membership wall, I think, is is a good way of describing it. Although I don't really love the whole idea. Paywall. A paywall. Yeah, right. paywall. Yeah. So it's, yeah. But that's what it is. I mean, yeah, that's it. That's what it is too. I just, it's, there's like a negative association with it where I think it should be a positive association because this is a way for people really to make money from their shows and, and for their audience to actually support them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and there, and there are a lot of people out there who want to support what uh, shows that uh, shows that they're listening to or, or watching. Yeah. They, they really want to do that. Because they 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 know that if they pay for something, the odds of it going away are reduced. Are reduced. Mm-hmm. So if I really want to keep getting it, then I, I'm willing to cough up some money to make sure it happens. Yeah. Before I before I actually made money directly by selling my shows, there was one person one time who I, I had a tip jar up, like a donation button for PayPal, where people could just send money according to what they if they felt, and hardly ever got any donations. You know, maybe. On average, maybe fifty or hundred dollars a month, hardly ever. But one time, somebody sent me a hundred dollar, a hundred dollar donation for one person. A guy sends me a hundred dollar donation with a note that says, "Your content should not be free. This is ridiculous. It's worth a lot of money. You just saved me so much time versus having to learn this any other way. And so it's it's worth more than this. But I'm sending you a hundred bucks." Right. And to me, that was like, uh, maybe I should be charging for my stuff (laughs) if somebody's willing to just donate a hundred dollars because they want to support it, you know. So anyway, but there's different ways of charging your audience for your content. You can say you can say something like what I've done where you say, okay, the past episodes are all archived. Every once in a while, I I produce free episodes that I make available for free. But all the archives, 180 videos is behind a membership wall that people have to pay to get access to. And this is a great way to do it. If you have a big audience and people are finding the show all the time, 
then there can be people that just say, you know what, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm satisfied just getting the new content. Uh, but a portion of them will want to go back and capture and listen to the old stuff. And especially with how to type of information where it's likely that the stuff you're currently talking about is based on like it's based on the foundation that you built, you know, over the past however many episodes. So if somebody somebody can get this current episode for free, maybe, but in order to get access to the archives, they pay for it. That's a great model for charging for your content. I, as you were talking, I just remembered a guy that made, actually made a living uh, as a podcaster by donations. What? So, so he at one point was making up to like ten thousand a month in donations because he was asking for it. Uh huh. Whereas a lot of people have a little donation button and never ask. So he uh, couched it in terms of since he was doing a show, I think he was doing a show five days a week. And he was like, OK, so that uh, you should at least give this much money because then it's then it comes out to like, I think, 50 cents a show or something. And uh, so letting people know it's like I'm going to give it to you and then you pay, you know, pay for it if you actually got value from it. And, and it was like here, you know, start off with like 20 bucks a month or something or 20 or 30 or something like that. And then, and so, so I remembered that I actually gave this guy a little bit of consulting because this is almost three and a half years ago. Oh, and, so you have. <laughs> and, and so we talked about uh, this forum that he created and ended up with different levels inside the forum. So if you donated X amount of dollars, you were at this level. If you donated this much, then you got into this other one, which gave you access to premium content and premium forums. So uh, it was able to increase the uh, the size of the donations what was the topic? he was getting. Uh, he, it was a uh, how would you say it? Like a psycho uh, psychology type okay. thing, like so, self help psychology yeah, type yeah. thing. Okay, huh? And and that and that's what he was doing, and built a, a very sizable audience from it, and was making like ten grand a month. Another way that you can you can charge for your content is to have your free content, but then you have additional content that's available only to payers, people who pay for it. So this might be like, this might be you know an un, unedited, uncut version or something like that. If it's a talk show, it's where you just really let it all hang out, you know, or whatever. And then, um, or if it's if it's extra content, maybe you have a thirty minutes that are free every week, but you have two hours of of the same type of stuff. It's like in another two hours of content that people can get on top of that. that that's not, that's something we could actually do because well, we tend to talk for a couple of hours before we <laughs> even get on here. And yeah, this, be, it would all be. It, you probably have the sense that you're listening to behind the scenes anyway, right? But this is <laughs> because it's so rough. <laughs> like right now, this awkward pause, for example. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I knew there was a guy that I really listened to all the time, and it, uh, I loved him. He since got out of it, which made me so sad. His name is David Lawrence, and he was a he was a radio personality. He did he had a tech radio show. It was like Online Tonight with David Lawrence, and he was huge. He, I mean, he was huge. He had this gigantic audience, and he was so good. And this guy was one of the most interesting people to listen to, and he's brilliant, you know, and. I loved him. Well, then, you know, I met him a, a few times. I went to these conventions. I met him and we're talking and stuff. And then he made the announcement at one of these meetings that he was going to be getting out of like traditional radio and then eventually out of podcasting completely. He didn't announce that at the time, but now he's an actor and I see him on, I've seen him on, uh, I've seen him on, uh, what was that? Shoot. I've seen him on Heroes. I've seen him on Lost. I've seen him on, you know, he's playing these different parts, 
uh, so he's become an actor now, which is why I guess what his true love was. And he stopped his podcast. But what he did is he would have like a 30 minute show or maybe what was it? Oh, shoot. I don't remember the way it was, but it was like an hour long show that you could get for free. But his whole show was like three hours long. And so you could get the whole thing delivered and, and you would pay not very much. It was like 10 bucks a month or something. That's very cool. Yeah. So and he, I'm sure he did very well from it. He, you know, it's just that guy was really smart. He also, by the way, made an iPad app for actors where it shows the script and then you take your finger and like dr- and scratch out the lines. It helps. It's for actors to be able to memorize their scripts. And uh, uh, and I, I assume it did really well, too. It's crazy. Very this cool. guy's got his hands in everything. He's smart. Okay, so that's another way. Another way to charge for your content is to have sort of a hybrid approach. The way that I do it is I charge for access to the archives, plus as long as somebody's a paying member, then they get two free or two members-only episodes per month. So it's a, it's a combination. And every once in a while, I release free episodes that I make available. I mean, hardly ever anymore because I barely have time to do the my members-only episodes. But, but every once in a while, I release free episodes too. And when I do a free episode, that's not, that's not you know, members get two episodes every month in addition to anything that I release for free, right? So that's another way that you can do it. And I think that this kind of content works really well for how-to this model works for how-to content very well. I think it would work for our show if we, if we chose to do it. We're not going to, but if we did, I think it would work because we talk a lot about how to do stuff, how to build your business, da 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 But I'm not sure if you and I were just sitting around talking about our favorite films, I'm not sure it would work the same. You see what I'm saying? You're right. Unless it was like how to become a film aficionado or something. But I don't think it would have the same kind of appeal. Maybe, you know, maybe it would. I don't know. It depends on, like, I think then you have to be like amazingly entertaining. You have to be your entertainment persona has to be so good that people would pay for access to that. You know, if you were Jay Leno or David Letterman or something (laughs) talking about whatever, it's not how to, it's just really good entertainment. You know, you get what I'm saying? Yes, I do. I'm not getting in it. A twinkle of recognition in your (laughs) eyes. So should we move on? Yes, please, (laughs) please. please, Can we move on? (laughs) This is what happens when we talk about a topic I know about. Right. Yeah. (laughs) The monster is out of his cage. All right. <laughs> um, what's this one? Promote other products. Yeah, so product uh, product promotion. The, uh, and this w- in differentiation here between this and affiliate is these are you own these products. So that would be like you is having your uh, cor- uh, courses on how to d- uh, use uh, what is it Final Cut Pro or right? Final Cut Express, Express yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So you have these courses and. And you're, you're selling those. That's another way to monetize your your show is that you have the product yourself. It could be an ebook, It could be a course. It could be a membership site where there's a, other other forms of content in it. Or it could even be a an actual product. You know, you know, strange as that may be, you know, the, people still buy like real things to put in their houses. So you could actually be selling some other uh, real product, uh, which reminds me, there was this, there's a, a show about a barbecuing and this company makes a particular type of grill and they do a show. I, I think it's weekly. Is it audio or video? It's or? video. Wow. And so it's a cooking show on this grill wow. and, and they show you how to, how to use it. And it's, it's some kind of fancy barbecue grill that this company manufactures and they, they do a show and, and they cook something and they give you the recipe of whatever it is that they're cooking. And, and so 
that's a way to demonstrate your product and sell your product at the same time and create an entertaining show oh, wait, all through it. That's brilliant. But you, this is going to even take it a step higher. This is the ultimate version of demonstrating your product, promoting your product, and making it entertaining at the same time. And all I have to say is willitblend.com. Oh, yeah. Will it blend, right? So they take iPhones, iPads, they put them in their blender, they blend rakes, they blend... You know, uh, all, they blend all kinds of stuff and they put out these videos and it demonstrates they never once say, and if you'd like this blender, go to blendtech.com. It just says, will it blend brought to you by blendtech.com. And, and then they have this guy that puts all this stuff in I the think blender. He's a, I think he's the CEO. He is. He's it. the owner. Yeah. 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 So, so, uh, you know, and they got the idea. I, the person who's in charge of their marketing department was a keynote speaker at one of the conferences I went through, went to. And they got the idea one time because that guy was literally in his lab, like in his lab, he has a room and where they were, te- he was testing a blender by blending a rake. So he had, he took the wooden handle and he turned on the blender and he was just shoving the wooden handle into the top <laughs> of the blender and blending a rake. And they're like, Oh, the, the marketing guy goes, uh, idea. And that's how they got the idea of this. Cause this is something the guy was doing anyway, is testing to see what would blend in it. Yeah. So, so it's like when you're not actually making a smoothie, you can be, use this as a wood chipper and <laughs> yeah, compost your garden. <laughs> yeah, I, they, they don't make any guarantees on how long the blender will last <laughs> right. if you use it that way. But, but it's just, it's, it's hilarious. I mean, these are short videos that are two, three, four minutes long. They're well-produced. They, it's kind of a, a funny little persona where the guy in the white lab coat testing to see if, if right. these things are going to blend. It's brilliant. Meanwhile, all the time you think, oh my gosh, that blender is amazing. Right. And it's from Blendtec, a little company out of Utah, and they, their sales must have just jumped like crazy. Yeah, I would love to know what, uh, what's actually happened to their sales. I know it grew. Uh, I remember, it, ha- it has to. Yeah, I know it grew for sure. It, it rose awareness about Blendtec like crazy. Whereas before, there were other, like we have a Vitamix blender. You know, that's like equivalent in terms of, you know, I guess probably price point and how serious you are about your blender. And, uh, right. You know, but, but Blendtec, pff, just same kind of thing. So anyway, you can so promote like, other products. Right. So like uh, Bob Parsons of GoDaddy. Uh-huh. This so, is like indirect. This is very. Right. Very, very indirect because he's just doing a branding thing where he's just uh, getting on doing a show and it's essentially advertising GoDaddy because, well, he's the CEO of Go, uh, and owner of GoDaddy. So I've never listened to this show. Uh, I, I've, I've watched I've watched a couple of them. Uh, oh, gosh, over a year ago, you know, just okay. just out of curiosity to see what it was like. But. But this is something that maybe not for our audience, uh, but if there's other people in in different businesses and and some of my clients, I've really tried to get them to do this. It's like show them how show the world how smart you are. You know, uh, if you do that, your sales will go up. And almost every time they're like, I don't have time. Like, well, if Bob Parsons of GoDaddy, which is a pretty big company, he's probably pretty busy. Yes, and. Uh, can take 10 minutes to sit down in front of a camera and and talk about something that he knows something about then maybe you could too mm-hmm. and and build the brand of your company cuz sometimes with a company uh, and all my direct marketing friends will be all upset but uh. sometimes building a company requires branding and not just direct sales from your marketing Sometimes you really need to uh, extend that brand. And yes, it's not measurable. Yes, you don't know if it's a waste of time or anything. And you can't tell if your sales have gone up directly because of this, unless somebody tells you, I saw the show, 
bought your product. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a great. It's just like writing a book. We know that authors uh, who write a book can get consulting. You know, business authors can get consulting, can get speaking gigs. We know it works. So obviously it would work in other areas. So if you want to build a brand for your business and it's, it's a, say, an offline product or whatever, you can still build that brand by essentially promoting your product by being who you are. Now, which one should you do? Should you do audio? Should you do video? Uh, the thing, yeah, that's a big question. And I, I know my preference is for video, even though it's funny because even though I on a weekly basis, the amount of media that I take in, I spend far more hours listening to audio than I do to watching video. But I think in terms of what's best for your your business and getting trust and letting your authenticity show through and letting people know who you are, I mean, it's video. Video is huge. You know, they see your face. They hear your voice. If if you're like me and you show like personal things too, like I my family a lot of time is in my video. I mean, it's funny because I just got an email yesterday from somebody that says that they've watched my last five years worth of videos. They finished them all now. And they said it was just crazy to watch my kids grow up over that time <laughs> because my kids are in all, a lot of the right. videos, right? So so they've seen my family grow up and they feel like they really know me. And they've, they've seen like the different cameras I've used and they've just seen the progression. And, and I share a lot of my ideas and you know, I've made mistakes and I've corrected those mistakes. You know what I'm saying? So they get to see who you are. I love video for that, but not everybody should be on video or would care to be on video. Well, I'll, I'll give a slight disagreement Go ahead. Uh, in that. I think video is great for things that can be shown. And right? also for ideas. Think about dig.com. Dig, right? Uh, well, a well, guys dig, sitting on a yeah, couch. Because uh, what they're doing is a, a form of entertainment, uh-huh. right? So if they're just sitting there just talking heads, you've, you've got to do something to keep people's interest. That's why, like, when you're watching the news, they cut camera angles, like, frequently. Yeah. Because, well, just looking at guy, some guy on camera talking is boring. No matter what the content is, people just get bored doing it. Their, their eyes will... Uh, go wander somewhere else as soon as they start to get bored. So you have to keep their eyes uh, uh, glued to it. So if it can be shown, if you can demonstrate your product, if you can demonstrate something or you're highly entertaining, then, then I think video is a great uh, medium. But I would say for intimacy, it's really hard to beat audio. That's true. I agree. Because uh, uh, radio, uh, radio personalities, highly trusted. That's why so many companies try to get radio personalities to promote their product. Yes, I lost uh, 30 pounds using uh, Jenny Craig, and, and, and they get on there and they say that. So what happens? Well, people in that area go to Jenny Craig. Mm-hmm. They, it works. They know it works. Because people end up, uh, when you're listening to somebody on the radio, when you're driving to work, uh, Monday through Friday, you end up uh, feeling like you know this person and you end up trusting them. And when they recommend a product, even though you know they're getting paid for it, even though they don't say they're getting paid for it, you know they are, you still end up buying. The way, for me, the distinguishing thing is whether or not it's about ideas. You know, like, I I don't know if I'd want to watch, like, I... I would have a hard time watching our show. Like if this was videotaped right now, where it's just the two of us talking about ideas for 45 minutes or whatever, that would be hard for me to watch. Even if it was cutting from angle to angle and going back and forth, because it's so much about ideas and not so much about showing things. Right. right. So I think that the reason why this is an audio show is because of that reason. But I think, uh, 
and and we've talked about this off the air, so we're going to give people some ideas and how we're we discuss things about our own business. And I've come up with saying, hey, why don't we do a Dignation style? And you're like, oh, no, you know, the way our show is, it, I don't think it would work. Well, we would have to actually develop a different format yep. for a video show. So if we were to ever to do uh, some, you know, video show during a month or something, it would have to be in a slightly different format. Even if it was the two, uh, two, like two of us doing Dignation style, sitting on a couch, uh, we would still have to have something different that gets people to engage in what it what it is we're saying. Because if we were just talking as as we are now, it would be much harder for people to follow along. Because uh, when you include the visual element, there has to be an engaging visual element to keep people's attention. When it's just audio, like we have right now. Well, people's minds will automatically go to engage into it. I, I don't know the psychology of it. I don't know why, you know, uh, we're, but we are wired, physically wired to uh, engage with the sound that we're hearing. Yeah, some things aren't, aren't meant to be audio and some things probably aren't meant to be video. Like, for example, if I was doing my Final Cut Express training tutorials and it was all in audio format, it wouldn't work. You know, that's meant to be audio. Right. That needs to be audio. Another thing about video to take into account, though, is that a lot of times videos have a higher perceived value. There's a lot more there's a lot more effort and time and money that typically goes into creating video. So you might be able to charge more for video products than you would for audio. I don't know. I, I haven't tested that. I'm sure I, all other things being equal, because there's clearly some stuff that's in audio format that's much more valuable than stuff that's in video. Like, I think what we're doing is more valuable than Annoying Orange you know, on YouTube or something. But uh, for entertainment value, we're comparing (laughs) apples to oranges, I guess. I don't know. That was really bad. Sorry. (laughs) Those are the ways that I came up with. Anything else? Well, I would say like in how, how does someone go about actually selling their product by having a podcast? Mm-hmm. Uh, that I think that's something we should talk about. You know, we kind of covered it with like the, this show is brought to you by my affiliate link. Well, it's still the same thing. Like you can promote your product. Yeah. Like, let's say for example, that as part of our show, we talked about a specific product and we'll just, uh, shoot. Like, oh, uh, we'll call it, um, our own membership site. Okay. Uh, like own, it's not for sale. It's not so. for sale, but it, let's say that we're talking about that. We could, if we wanted to promote our show and say, Hey, we've set up a link for you. Go to blah, blah, blah.com and or foolishuniversity.com because that's a, that's our membership site, which is currently closed, but it, I mean, closed to new members, excuse me, closed to new members. Um, But Foolish University, so we could send people there and that would be our way of promoting our separate product that we charge for because this show's free, right? Uh, Yeah, and then other would be to actually review your own product. No, uh, you can't do that unbiased. Yes, yes, you can. And be unbiased? No, you, no, no. You, 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 you're not trying to be unbiased. Okay, we're I've not, never, we're I've not, never uh, in my life, I don't think, ever heard anybody do this before. So uh, We're not unbiased about our membership site. Of course not. But we would tell people to go buy it, wouldn't we? Yes. Well, why wouldn't you tell people to go buy one of your other products and okay. tell people how it works? So this is very common in software. Hmm. Very, very common. So if you go to some, uh, if you're looking at buying a particular piece of software... And you go to it, and they have a video on how to use this product. Of course. That is technically a review of the product. Oh, interesting. So you watch it, and you go, wow, that actually does do the things I want it to do. I'm going to buy it. 
Okay, so when I said earlier that I've never seen that happen before, I was wrong. I've seen that a lot. I've seen that a lot. Yes. So In fact, it, that's a standard thing for software is to yes. show how it works. So so that that's so when I say review, it, it, you're telling people whether it's good, what it can do, things like that. So you can uh, software does it a lot. Uh, you can do it with pretty much any of your products. You can tell people if you've got an ebook, you can tell that tell people what that ebook solves. It may not be an entire show, you know, unless you've got like a short ten minute show of some sort, but uh, which we could never get down to. Um, but you could have this this review of of even your ebook and say, you know, yeah, I covered this, I, I covered that, and if you buy it, you can, you know, and here's the, and you'll get the answer to this particular question inside my ebook. It's funny because when I think of reviews, I think of pros and cons, you know, so it'd be funny to actually put that, you know, here, here are the advantages of my product and here are the things that I don't particularly care about with my product. Which is, you know? which is a good sales tactic. <laughs> it, it, uh, write, uh, writing a sales letter, you should uh, bring up the objections that somebody's going to have. Mm-hmm. You sh- if there is a flaw in your product, bring it up and address it. An even better one is to fix the flaw. Yeah, if it's possible. If it's possible, yes. Right. Uh, sure. In, in some cases, it's just uh, some people may want something, and it's just not technologically possible to give it to them. Yeah, that's true. Well, you say, well, it can't do this, but well, no product can. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that uh, not yet. Technology's not there. Or it could be, well, we cut uh, like uh, uh, thirty-seven signals. We talk about them a lot. What they're what, what they've done is they've made a relatively simple product. And they get asked all the time, well, can it, why don't you put this feature in? Why don't you put that feature in? So it's like, well, to some people, it would be a negative to not have certain features in it, but they turn it around and say, well, if we had all these features, well, then it wouldn't be easy to use. So they're addressing a negative. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles. And that's what makes it so awesome. And that's what makes it uh, better. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you bring up the negative, you address it, meaning here's, the, here's why this negative isn't that big of a deal. And you should still go ahead and buy it. Very cool. Very cool. Well, these are just some ideas on different ways that you can actually have a show, online video show, online audio show. Podcast, podcast, whatever you want to call it, and you can make money from it. These are these are legitimate products that you can charge for. You can make money in indirect ways, direct ways. There's a lot of different things that you can do, and uh, hopefully, maybe we can spark some creativity in there. As you listen to this, you think, you know, I could do a show about blah and make money from it. That would be awesome. And if you have that idea, please tell us about it. We'd love to hear. Yes, we can rip it off. No, that's what we can rip it off. <laughs> oh, we don't have oh, time to rip people. No, did I say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> that's what people get worried about. Right, no, no, you can share your ideas. No one's going to steal it because it's always execution is where it counts when getting a business off the ground. Yeah, I guess it could happen, but the likelihood is pretty slim. Yeah, so really slim. Very slim. Anyway, hopefully this information is helpful. We'll see you next time. In the meantime, enjoy your foolish adventure. Thanks for listening to Foolish Adventure. If you found this information helpful and want more like it, please visit foolishadventure.com. Do you have specific questions you'd like us to answer? Leave a comment on the website. Who knows? Maybe we'll create a whole show to answer it. Also, we have a voicemail line where you can ask questions. The number is 480-331-4695.